Welcome to the Raw Food Health Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Salmon, Certified Holistic Health Coach and author of You Can Afford to Be Healthy. And this podcast looks at a holistic approach to health from a multi-generational and multinational perspective of women of color. The main thing we're going to talk about today are four juice recipes if you love red wine, because <laughs> we know that alcohol is not the best for us, you know, it's alcohol can cause your energy to be lagging. It can cause your kidneys to, um, you know, be toxic and toxified because it has to overwork. Um, it's not really something that we should be consuming. Yet people love wine and they feel like it's healthy, right? But there's a different, there's an alternative for that. And we're going to go through that. I won't be able to go through all the four recipes, but. Yeah. If you click on the link to the show notes, all four recipes will be there. Also, there's a link to the Raw Vegan Challenge where there's way more juice recipes there. So you can make juice juicing, you know, a part of your um, lifestyle. You don't necessarily have to do it every day. But if you have a juice every week, every two weeks or whatever, it's a great way to just like, you know, have a whole bunch of vitamins, minerals and phytonutrients just flood your bloodstream, your, your body, and just go to all the different areas of the body that it can go to, as opposed to being dependent on, you know, supplements and things like that, you know, cause fruits and vegetables have a lot of nutrition for us. Okay. Yeah. So, but before we get there, you told me this week, uh, you sent me an article about fairway closing. Right. Um, and it had me thinking, so Fairway, for people who don't know, it's funny, and, you know, I'm going to go. So I've lived in New York, born and raised in New York, lived in Oakland after for, like, let's say a couple years, two and a half years. Then I moved to Chicago, lived there for about seven years, and then now we live in Los Angeles, right? And we've been here for about three years, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... I've, the thing I've noticed is that, um, like, you know, especially now, it's funny how you sent me the article about Fairway and Fairways where you shop in New York for your organic produce and healthy items, right? Yes. And also Stanley's in Chicago closed down after 50 something years. Mm -hmm. And they were a place where Chicagoans could go get organic, very cheap, very affordable. We were, up there when I was there, yes, so I know that for sure. Yeah, we used to do business with them. We also did business with Goodness Greenness, you know, with our juice bar. Um, they were the largest organic uh, produce supplier in the Midwest, and right. they have since closed down. Our counterpart juice bars have closed down, so there's like, there's something going on, right? Uh-huh. Um and what this does, it ends up putting people like yourself, you know, in a very precarious situation because it's like you're already, you're already into the healthy living thing. You've already created a routine with your diet. There's really no turning back to eating chemicals and eating processed foods, right? But okay. now the supply for those items is no longer available. So what do you do? What do you do? when you live in an organic food desert? That's what I wanted to address. 
when you live in in okay um yeah. it's it's very hard to say because I'm, I'm i can only speak from my experience because with me thank god i'm blessed i can drive and go miles to find it find another place mm -hmm. but i'm always thinking about other people not just myself or other people manage yeah, yeah. they drive a car and you cannot really take a bus to shop for your grocery that's not even possible I mean, I know people who do it. I know people, I know people who take the bus. They take two buses, <laughs> going and coming. It's very difficult, but I'm just saying that people do it. And then I know, I know of at least one customer we had in Chicago who takes, a, who uses her bike and goes shopping for groceries in Chicago, where they have the worst winters I have ever experienced. So yeah, it's okay. rough, but people who are, who are devoted to the lifestyle, they are devoted to taking so, care so of themselves. What you, do, what you do, you can order your stuff. Like some people will order their stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not really the best because personally speaking, I, I watch people in Ferry shop for people because they have those kind of service. Yeah. Call in and the people shop for you. And right. I walk at them and I watch because I'm, I'm, thinking now okay i can use this service but i don't like the way they shop you see like when you're shopping for yourself and you look at the thing and you turn it over and you look at it and you you pick it up yeah you look at dates they don't do that they just go to the shelf grab this stuff up they look at the phone grab this stuff up right so you know they're shopping for somebody yeah so i i like things to be a little more personal so i'm very very disappointed to not place like period but some good news when i went there and spoke to them mm -hmm. it said that it's only some of the fairway but they are quite sure that that one won't be closing so that's, that's interesting because when i when i looked at the article they filed chapter seven bankruptcy and all of the locations are going to be and they said they will not well let's let's see what happened let's hope they're not because they filed they filed bankruptcy before yeah. um to close some of the locations. But anyway, I wanna talk more broadly because this brought up a great point. We, the work that I do on the ground Monday through Friday um, is really looking at uh, food deserts and how we can make food, healthy food more accessible to folks, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, what, and that's why I wanted to address this because of the situation you said and in the, in the event that Fairway does disappear and you don't have access to organic food you know what do you do right and so like you said you can order it there are produce delivery companies and i mentioned in new york i think it's rustic roots or whatever is the company right uh -huh. that you can get produce from imperfect foods is another one that they're nationwide but they're not in every city i get sure. my produce from them um and then also Whole Foods, you know, has, is owned by Amazon now. So through Amazon Prime, I believe there's like a grocery delivery through that, which is why you can't get their groceries delivered through Instacart anymore, I think, because you can get through Amazon Prime. So that's something to look at for the produce. Now for the, for the, the items, the dry stuff, like you want, let's say, cacao powder or... Um, uh, I don't know. Those are, those are, uh, that don't necessarily <laughs> buy those in Fairway. And I can tell anybody, go to um, go Marshalls. To Marshalls or what's the other one name? Um, TJ Maxx. 
any um, one of the stores that have a gourmet shelf, their prices on those things are more reasonable than when you buy it in the supermarket. Interesting. Yeah. Those are places I would have never thought to buy that. Oh my goodness. And it's but you company they come from and say the dates is, this, you know, you look at it is the same. Such a saving. Yeah. You showed me one where it was like half the price for chia seeds. Price. I want to cry. Yep. <laughs> so that's an interesting point. I was thinking of Thrive Market. Have you heard of Thrive Market? No. So Thrive Market is kind of like Costco, but for uh, stuff that you would find at the health food store or, right. or like a Whole Foods, you know, in the dry section, not the produce, but the dry section for those types of things like cacao powder, chia seeds, moringa, you know, those right. types of things. Um, and so you basically, you pay a, a membership fee mm -hmm. and you get your stuff 25 to, I think, 50% off of what you would in the store. So yes. that's, that's an, an option for folks. You just, you know, get your food delivered. Because unfortunately, that's the state of affairs for like brick and mortars and retail. It's really hard out here on these streets for brick and mortar uh, companies, especially when you're dealing with perishable food items like produce, um, to to really manage with you know new technological advances and a lot of these like internet companies and delivery companies coming in, people are gravitating more to the conveniences. So um, you know it, it's getting harder for those other companies to compete with that high overhead. Right. So some alternatives. Yes, but um, some, some, yeah. carry, some of the supermarket might carry the greens, which all supermarket carry greens, but it's hard to get organic. Organic, I mean, yeah, that's the, that's the part. It's like they're allergic to it. I don't know. <laughs> and that's a great conversation to have with them. Like, come on. <laughs> the what, what's happening? The supermarket I shop on Jamaica Avenue, we are, you know, um, I went up there and I asked them, you know, well, you guys don't carry organic stuff. And they start carrying it. You go there for what? Emergency. If I run out of something, I know exactly what I can get there. But oh. you don't have, don't have too much of choices. And I refuse to buy greens that are not organic. Because any green that I eat, I, I eat them raw. Because I just bought a little cabbage from Fairway, though. Mm -hmm. It was almost $8 for a little cabbage. A a little red cabbage, but you know, listen, I need it because I eat those raw. Yeah. So where is it coming from though? That's, that's the question I always ask. Like, where is it coming from? Some of them come from California. Yeah. So the, the cabbage is coming from California? Mm-hmm. Uh. I don't know if that's why it's so expensive. It's grown here. You know, it could be because it has to travel that far. Um... And another thing I could think of is like, which I don't think is the case for this necessarily, because I, w I got cabbage in my box and what I get is locally produced. So cabbage is in season, at least green cabbages. Um, but the only other thing I could think of is, is if something is not in season, it will be ridiculously high, like in the case of fresh blueberries right now, because it's not it's not in season. So a small container is going to be like $5. And I don't, I don't spend that kind of money for blueberries, even though I love blueberries. 
I wait till they're in season and I get them at a Some, an affordable I, I, price. Going to season because it's a part of my meal plan in my head, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I call them my Louis Vuitton. I go shopping for them all the time. <laughs> what? The blue, blue, blueberries. Oh. <laughs> Blueberry, look at the little thing of strawberry about $8. But those are my Louis Vuitton, Sam. <laughs> yeah, you can, and that you can have a plan for each season, though. Because that's, that's the whole thing. It's like when you eat in season, that's how you get the variety of nutrients that, but that's you not know. My, that's not how my body works, though. Because go you, you have a craving for the strawberries and the blueberries. Yes, like I, I made a little switch in the in the wind, like the time is very cold now. So instead of every morning I have my salad, as I told you before, yeah, I every more every other morning. So the mornings I don't have salad, I have my blueberry, strawberry, and banana with oatmeal, fresh blueberry, fresh strawberry, fresh mm-hmm. banana, and and you know, like because I think like honestly, like when you're at a, a certain age though you're so set into your ways <laughs> doing certain things so like then i don't i don't really watch the money i spend on food because it's it's that's my medication yeah okay i operate the same way but sometimes you're in a situation where even money is not going to help you like for okay. example last week right cuz my my staple breakfast is um Two bananas is a smoothie with two bananas, um, flax seeds, hemp seeds, almond butter, because I love almond butter. And, and I, love, I love the um, cashew butter. <laughs> and uh, I believe fenugreek is what I got. And I got that specifically because I had the flu and I was coming over it overcoming it and I had some excess mucus I was told by an herbalist that that would help and um so I started using the the fenugreek what do you call that fenugreek oh and um it's the when you look for it in the store that's branded as a lactation supplement because it it helps you know produce milk and breast like a laxative lactation it produces milk milk in the breast yeah, oh, oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but it also has the benefit of drying up excess excess mucus. Because oh, um, I get mucus sometimes. Yeah, especially like when it's cold, right? And you're oh, like yeah. in the heated house, and then you're out in the cold, and sometimes I don't I, get cold, but I get mucus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I have that with either apples or oranges or whatever fruits or pears, you know, whatever fruits I have on hand that came in my box, right? But bananas is like a staple to my smoothie. And I ran out of ripe bananas, which happens, you know? So what I had to do was I went to a different recipe, that raw vegan oatmeal with the apples and the walnuts and the dates and the lime juice, you know, I had those things and it didn't need banana. So I was able to bring my breakfast. I had to do that two or three days uh, mm-hmm. last week. So, you know, having, having different recipes in your, in your Rolodex yes. is really helpful. Cause you know, okay. sometimes mother nature will stop, <laughs> you know, your routine. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That is true. So speaking of Mother Nature, Mother Nature is so awesome. She Mm -hmm. has given us alternatives to red wine. (laughs) And 
the main ingredient, right? If you're making a red wine um, alternative to avoid alcohol, right? Because you are trying to clean up your blood pressure issues. The main ingredient is, uh, can either be beets or pomegranates, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so pomegranates are nice because they have that tart flavor. And like, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think I've ever tried red wine. So I really don't know what the flavor profile is like. Um, but <laughs> uh, you could play around with it to try and get a similar flavor that you want. But ultimately, the point is to uh, have an alternative to to red wine and pomegranates have a tangy taste, which I assume, you know, wine would have like this tart tangy taste and it has the red color. Um, beets have a red color. All of the recipes that I'm going to have in the show notes, use uh-huh. beets. I'm using beets because for me that between beets and pomegranates, I like pomegranates, but between beets and pomegranates, I find beets uh, to be very helpful because of all the benefits in particular helping to improve blood pressure it's rich in iron and so i find that you know a lot of people especially that listen to this podcast and that read the blog you know have spoken about um or new people actually because the the old people who have been listening they should know this already but the new people talk about being anemic you know and dealing with that um, and beets are really good to consume if you're low in iron. So the thing with beets and pomegranates, right? They they provide the red color. They're healthy with no hangover. Like I said, uh, beets help to improve blood pressure. They de- decrease the risk of heart disease, rich in iron, rich in vitamin B, copper, and potassium. All of these things are great for your bones and your muscles. Um, so... I will give, I'll give one recipe now and Mm -hmm. the rest, the rest you can view them on the blog, on the show notes, because right after this, we have a great interview. I can't wait to get to, but this is the recipe. It's uh, two apples, one beet, uh, two stalks of celery, two inches of ginger root, one Mm -hmm. orange and one zucchini. And you can add carrots to that if you, you want. Z- zucchini zucchini mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah so and zucchini zucchini juice is just like cucumber i mean it's gonna be a little less water but never had it yeah it's good i did all of the four that you're gonna see um i juiced all of them I've tried all of them. They all taste great. <laughs> um, even one of them has uh, coconut water in there, which was new. I've never done a juice and included coconut water. Like I've always just drank coconut water on its own. But this right. had a very soft flavor to it. Mm. it had a very soft flavor. Um, but yeah, what do you think about that, Mom? Is that I, something you would try? I, great. Um, the ginger would give it that um but what, where would you get that kind of fizz taste or not fizz but 
Yeah, the fizz stays in it. Well, we'll so, give it the f- So red wine has a fizz taste like soda? Not necessarily like soda, but it has that little, I don't know what make it like that. Because the red wine, I mean, which I, you know, I drink red wine. It's no secret. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't drink it. I don't drink wine for like how people take things to feel good. Mm-hmm. I just like a little four ounces of wine at night sometimes when I have it. I've had it in months mm-hmm. with dinner. And it's a good stimulant for the heart, you know? For yes. Me. Yeah. Right. But in terms of heart benefits, the beets and pomegranates have more heart benefits than a drink that has alcohol. Right. Yes. So, so in terms of the flavor you were saying about a fizzy flavor, I'm not really sure what that is, but the ginger, you can go even more on the ginger if you want to turn up on the ginger or, you know, I'm a ginger junkie. Yeah. Or what you could do if it's more like a, like the fizziness of a soda, then, uh, carbonated water is something that you could you could try yes um which i don't do the carbonated water because you know um carbonated water specifically like if you have a history of acid reflux mm -hmm. you you it's not going to be this could agitate that the acid reflux right and like burn your your chest so it's not for those people but if you if you don't have that issue and you're looking for something like that, you can try adding that or some mineral water to it. Oh, yeah, the mineral water. I think the mineral water would be a little better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the mineral water would be a little better. Um, the ginger, um, for some strange reason, ginger does make you a little, make you relax. And I don't know what it does to other people. But when you try it, you'll see. Like, I told you about the ginger in the, in the almond milk. When you drink mm. it, you're so relaxed. I mean, I don't mm. know if it's a mind over matter thing, but ginger can be very relaxing. Yeah. So having the ginger in that non-alcoholic wine would be something nice. To, to, but the one with the beet sounds pretty interesting. It's just that I never tried that um, vegetable with it before. I never. You I mean never, zucchini? Zucchini. I never, never. If you can put z- zucchini, you must can make cucumber wine then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could put, there's one recipe um, with cucumber and celery. Oh, pretty interesting. Oh, celery could make a nice drink, a wine drink. cucumber, celery, and strawberries. Of course, the strawberries are optional. I didn't use strawberries because I'm not a fan of strawberries. That I know. (laughs) But but, um, that's something you can, you can really play around. These recipes are really fun. I would just yes. encourage you to experiment and try something different. Just kind of open up your palate and hey. get in the kitchen, be a scientist a little bit and just, you know, try to make it and see how does it compare to the experience you have with wine? What do you like? What do you not like? What do you feel can make it a good replacement for the red wine? Okay. So that's your homework for the week. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So last last year on the podcast, we had a few conversations about therapy. Right. And I, I, you know, have had a great experience with therapy that was very, um, that was a catalyst for me in my whole journey to doing what 
I feel God has called me to do in this world, right? He placed a mission in my heart in order for me to execute on that mission. Um, I discovered I needed therapy in order to have these conversations. I have some tough conversations and to be able to tell the story, to paint the picture. Yeah. Of what, of what can happen when you don't take care of yourself. Right. Exactly. And, um, because of that experience, I learned about the benefits of therapy and how that's different than just talking to a family member. And we've, we've, we've talked, and I remember you said even on the podcast that you said, and I could quote you, you were like, I don't need a, you were talking to me, you said, I don't need a therapist because I have you and I have God. Mm -hmm. And while that's accurate, the part that I didn't really resonate with is that I don't need a therapist. And that, but God, for me, God is a therapist. That's what you see. What, what, what I want to put it out there though. Yeah. By my experience, because a lot of things that I've been through in life, my life story, if it was (laughs) not for God, none of these therapists could help me if it was not for God, to be honest with you. So the problems that I have, I take it to God and he worked through with, to with me. But because of such a loving, kind family, not mm-hmm. everyone in the family is loving and kind because I'm not from a perfect family, but there's people in the family that I can go to and talk to. So because of the relationship with God and my family, those are my therapists when I say that. So, mm-hmm. you know, that did work for me. It doesn't work for everyone. Right. Because yeah, because some people cannot really go to their family. They will need another therapy after doing that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, exactly. And like I find for me in particular, you know, God has, I have a relationship with God, have always had a relationship with God. Yes, Colin, I and know that. Even, you know, this goes a little deeper, but not having a relationship with God is a fallacy, but we won't really go into that you know, today on this, on this podcast. But, um, so that's like, you know, but then like even a church leader, I'm not, I'm not really connected with a church there. I do attend Trinity online, um, but there's no real church leader I can talk to. And I'm not just going to talk to a random stranger. And I don't really have that type of relationship with my family where I want to talk to them about everything because I just kind of like, yes, they don't have the, um, the skill set. Not everybody has the skill set to really help someone get from point A to point B. It's the transformation, right? So that's what happens. Like when you, when you, pay money to a therapist, you're paying for a transformation that doesn't necessarily happen with a family member. And so I was so uh, grateful to find um, a therapist within our community. Her name is Katrina. And um, you'll learn more about her and her practice on um, this interview I did with her. But um, she basically explains how to navigate that you know, to, to assess to what you were saying, like you were able to go to your family members and have conversations that helped you through. And you use that in collaboration with your relationship with God. Uh, There's some 
instances where that's not available or are not feasible. And she kind of breaks that down and how to really figure out or navigate, you know, if it's time to seek a therapist, you know? Right. So, but you know, um, um, when saying all that too, Sam, like, uh, like for, for people, cause I know it's not everybody will listen to this group. Those got to church. Yeah. Some do. But in most churches, they have clinical psychologists in our church. They do. Mm-hmm. that you can call, make appointment, and go see them. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, so, so um, when saying all that, but I've never, I've never had a problem where I have to go out of my room to go and, you know, I've never done, but, you know, thank God. But I know there's people there who really need to see a professional, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And um, just so, what? That's what they're trained for. Exactly. And the biggest training, like, honestly, for me as a coach, one of the things that I was trained on was listening and not Uh just listening, but active listening in Uh a way that, so some of the coaching techniques are very specific to help people get from point A to point B. And that's the difference. Like when you're dealing with a professional, as opposed to just a family member who, you know, that's not something they're trained on. They don't really have all the information on how to help a person, you know, get from point A to point B. They're just, they're trying to be supportive to you and what they may think that looks like can differ. And sometimes it could be helpful. Sometimes it can be destructive, you know? Um, So she, Katrina does a really great job of explaining all this. I do want to apologize for the audio quality I record these podcast episodes. We've been doing this for like over a year at this point, every week, (laughs) you know, and usually I don't have an issue, but these people just decided to start construction without any notice. And it completely just like, yeah, it got into the audio. And so I apologize for that, but hopefully you'll find some value from this conversation. All right, Katrina, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Um, We, you know, briefly discussed before we uh, started recording, but I just want to make sure that everyone's aware that um, the reason we're having this very, very necessary conversation is because therapy is so important. And we talked about it a few times um, last year on the podcast. And, you know, I, I, host a podcast with my mom. She's made some statements that I'm like, "Uh, uh." (laughs) Uh, not quite. Um, And, you know, in my community, I've heard people say even men. And I think too, in like my community, black men in particular, I think could really benefit from therapy. Um, But black women too, like just, you know, us people of color, like we need, um, Oh, that's perfect. Now they're doing construction in the building, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully I could clean that off. But um, we need support. And, you know, when I when I work with people on, you know, their weight loss, usually when they have a lot of weight to lose, I'm talking like 50 pounds or more. There's a lot of emotional baggage that keeps them um, 
in this cycle of, of gaining the weight, right? So it's not sure. really so much about the food. It's more about the emotional aspects in which therapy could really, really be beneficial. So I kind of want to just go through um, some of the objections, I guess, that I've heard people say, some things that aren't quite right about what therapy is, um, just so that people can have an understanding of the benefits and what it has to offer. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, in, uh, in our community, uh, we like to go to church, right? Church is an anchor. It's a pivotal part of who we are as a people and um, something that we feel very strong and connected to. Now, like my mom, for example, she's very much involved with the church. And she has said on the podcast that, that me in particular, because I've talked about it before, like, you know, um, in my journey, before I became a health coach, when I decided that I was going to coach people, I thought about why this work is important to me. Hmm. And the reason why this work is important to me is because I literally watched my grandma die on hospice care due to type 2 diabetes. And at the time, it was like when I was in my certification program, it was 11 years since she had passed. And every time I just mentioned her name, I would break down crying. So I knew mm -hmm. I needed help to be able to talk about her, you know, to people right. so I can help more people um, through this traumatic experience that I had. So I went to therapy and I was lucky enough, I was fortunate enough to have a great therapist who helped me. And ever since then, I've been able to talk about her without crying. Like literally I couldn't even, you know what I'm saying? My whole throat would just, it would just be crazy. So <laughs> it was a lot. So um, my mom did say on the podcast last year that I don't need a therapist. She was talking to me saying that I don't need a therapist because I have her, my mother and God. And mm -hmm. so I just want you to explain <laughs> when, when it's time to seek therapy as opposed to talking to a family member or a church leader? Yeah, I think that's a really important question. Um, I think coming from the perspective of a therapist, um, I wish that people would go to therapy as soon as there's something going on, mm -hmm. just because I feel like most people are walking into my office when they're at wit's end. Um, they're already at the point where They've tried literally everything that they could think of, and they've talked to everybody that they could think of, and they've gotten to the point where um, it's impacting their life so strongly that they're not functioning. And I want to say that that's too late. That's way too late. I think I would say if there's an experience that you are having, and it's either a new experience for you, meaning you've never experienced it before, and maybe even other people around you have never experienced it before, so you've never even seen it before, mm -hmm. or it's an experience you've had before, but your old coping skills are no longer working. So um, since you're talking about grief, let's, let's stick with that. So with grief, if you've never had a grief experience, and grief can be the grief of a loved one, of a pet, of um, even a job, right, mm -hmm. or a house. If you've never grieved before, then I think that's a great opportunity 
to sit with someone who is a third party, like a therapist. Um, if you have grieved before and the coping that you used prior, so maybe you grieved a job before and your way of grieving that was to talk to a friend or a family member or a, a confide in somebody at church and that worked for you, but this time around, you're talking to these people, but you're walking away from the conversation feeling like, I didn't get anything out of that, or I don't feel any better, or um, I almost feel attacked, like nobody's really making me feel understood, I don't feel validated, um, and I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to feel more isolated, then it's time to seek a therapist. Mm -hmm. um, I think where we in our community uh, feel like therapy can be more of a something's wrong with you something's not right with you really it's more so about just finding a third party who can listen to you who's going to be able to provide you insight that your your re regular circle does not have mm -hmm. most people around you are going to think like you think <laughs> because that is what your circle is um, and even church leaders, I would say the same thing. We're all kind of operating in similar mindsets. Um, so if those conversations are not feeling good to you, um, and I would say give it a couple weeks. If after three weeks, you're at the point where you're like, none of this stuff is working anymore, then it's time to seek outside help. Two, I've heard some people say that the internet has broken family bonds that would handle what is now being outsourced to therapists. And I just wanted to get your feedback on that as well. If the, if you feel like technology has kind of ruined relationships and now we need therapists more. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's such an interesting perspective. Um, I've never heard anybody say anything like that before, but I guess the perspective on the internet overall. So I can definitely understand how people feel that social media and the internet has made it more challenging for us to communicate with each other in person mm -hmm. and to connect with people in person. Um, I definitely would say that we probably now as therapists see an increase in social anxiety because people are not being as social in person anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know that it's necessarily breaking family bonds as much as it's calling attention to things that maybe we've had an easier time ignoring before. Uh, what I mean by that is I feel like, especially in the Black community, we have a tendency to not share all of ourselves with our family members because there's a lot of judgment and a lot of doubt and a lot of uh, shame in our community about what's acceptable and what's not. And the internet, I think, to some degree has highlighted some of those areas of our lives where now you're seeing your siblings and your cousins and your daughter on the internet and looking at them going, Oh my goodness, I didn't know that you thought this way, or I didn't know that you acted this way or experienced these things. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in the black community, we have a kind of like don't ask, don't tell mindset about a lot of things. Uh, whereas now with the internet, everyone can kind of jump on the internet, say things that they maybe feel more comfortable with, create communities within um, the social media area era and within the internet 
that allows them to feel more heard and more validated. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means no longer having to go to your mom because before that was the only person that maybe you could go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that that is breaking a family bond as much as it's just calling attention to some of the areas within the family bond that could be adjusted. Uh, so it impacts our ability to connect, but I don't know that it's breaking anything necessarily that wasn't already broken. We just weren't paying attention to it. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think it's great though, that people are having an additional place to go and receive support. I look at a lot of the clients that I've worked with over the years and it's like, they're saying, I can't go to my family members because they don't understand. When I talk to my mom about it, she just tells me like, suck it up, pray about it. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you don't have time for this. I've um, heard that before. And it's really frustrating because it's like, I, I have a constant communication and relationship with God. So when someone tells me to pray about it, I just like, you are not helpful. Like, right. <laughs> you know, um, Yeah. So it's really frustrating. Yeah. And I think we all need somebody outside of our regular day-to-day people to say, hey, try this. This Mm -hmm. is something different that you can look into. And I think that's where therapists are coming in. If if the internet is giving more access to that, then I think it's great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I do acknowledge the fact too, that with the internet and social media, there are more um, maladies now, or at least it feels that way, where people are, like you were saying, that we kind of lose emotional intelligence, where we're yeah. not, you know, skilled in communicating with people face to face. And um, we kind of, we're looking at things that we weren't exposed to before. So we are feeling less worthy, you know, or just not as confident as you know, maybe decades past where people, you know, they weren't seeing all the stuff other people had or supposedly had. Um, So they didn't, you know, they were just in their own little world and in their own little world, they felt better about themselves. But now that we can just see all this stuff and everything's coming to us, it's just a lot more of an emotional and mental burden I feel on people. Absolutely. Right now. Absolutely. And with that, there's been a lot of discussion about mental illness. And I've heard some people say that we're just talking about it too much and it's making people um, think they have these labels that they don't necessarily have. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, What are your thoughts on that? I I have mixed emotions about it. I think that in general especially in the black community, we didn't, we didn't and still don't talk about it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most people, when you say like mental illness, they picture, um, I think the narrative is, you know, the homeless person standing on the corner who's talking to themselves and yelling at somebody that's not there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that person can probably have some real mental health stuff that's going on, but there are so many different layers. There's such a spectrum of mental illness that has not gotten attention in Mm -hmm. the past. And I think it's important for us to now be bringing attention to those things because especially in the black community with the amount of trauma that we can continue to experience and have experienced for many, many decades, for many generations, 
that it's important for us to acknowledge some of the ways that maybe we have operated, um, the ways that we communicate with each other, the ways that we raise our children have not necessarily been the best ways of doing things. And it's Mm -hmm. often because we've spent so much of our time emotionally just trying to get through our trauma, right? And so a lot of our responses to other people are trauma responses. It's us protecting ourselves. It's us being in survival. And so now us having conversations and saying, hey, you know, when you, um, when you are interacting with people and you are cutting people off all the time and not allowing yourself to communicate with people or not allowing people to share their thoughts and opinions, like that's not healthy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also think it doesn't have to be a full-blown mental illness. Like just because you get angry sometimes doesn't mean that you have an anger problem, but maybe there are things that need attention and things that you're not sharing and not expressing on a regular basis. So it comes out as anger. Um, So I think it goes both ways. I think there is a lot of talk about it, especially lately. And so everybody's walking around talking about, oh, I'm anxious, I have anxiety, or I have depression. Uh, And I think it's important that we start talking more towards the symptomology and not just like the label. Because Mm -hmm. you can have days of sadness and not be depressed. You can have worry and anxiety and fear and not have an anxiety disorder. And I think making that distinction is important but overall i'd rather us talk about it too much than to not talk about it at all mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so to that point many of my listeners are in work environments where they're toxic workplaces they're not happy at work and that is a contributor to them um being unhappy and and just going home and crashing at the end of the day and eating a tub of ice cream or whatever just to comfort <laughs> themselves from the trauma of work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, either they're dealing with a, a a bully at work or just work overload. Um, what resources or advice do you have for those people? Oh yeah, I mean we've all been there. I was there a year and a half ago myself. I think the biggest thing is tapping into who you are as a person and what's important to you. Mm-hmm. So knowing that one, a job is not worth your health and your sanity. Um, so that means that you can set boundaries. Um, and I almost hesitate to say that because I feel like our society has taught us that you can't set boundaries in a work environment that you have to just, um, you have to function in the work environment how they want you to function or else you lose your job, which means mm-hmm. you lose your livelihood. Um, but I think we're not taught enough that it's okay to set boundaries. It's okay to say no. It's okay to leave on time. It's okay to take your full lunch, right. take a full break, <laughs> um, to go for a walk during that lunchtime, to do a short meditation on your breaks. Um, to go to the bathroom like mm. I, some of the people that I work with I'm like you just sitting at work all day and you haven't been to the bathroom like, yeah. <laughs> because you don't have time that makes no sense we can't right. do that. Um, drink water make sure that you're like getting some getting some sun during the day when you can um, just stepping outside even if it's just to go to your car mm-hmm. you know 
you just have to go and buy yourself in your car. <laughs> um, and then at the end of the day, um, when everything is said and done, finding something that fills you up. Uh, we talk a lot about self-care these days, and I think um, it can sometimes become this routine of going to the spa and getting your nails done, um, but really finding something that fills you up, finding an activity that you enjoy, that feels good to you, that's not just a distraction, that um, really speaks to your soul, even if it's just reading a book or um listening to some really good music cooking uh just finding activities that feel really good for you and operating in those more often knowing that you know work is work and it doesn't have to be your entire life and the more the sooner that we start to let go of that i think the, the healthier we will be as people and if i'm gonna be completely honest start making moves to get out of there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if it's really that bad and you've had conversations with HR and you've had conversations with the coworkers that are really bothersome to you and you've done everything that you can do, step into that workplace every day, knowing that this is not my end all be all and start making plans to adjust and shift and move on because mm-hmm. it's not worth your health. Oh, amen to that. Okay. <laughs> amen to that. It is not worth your health. Seriously. Cause that yeah. kind of thing, like, like what you were saying, um, if you get so caught up in that and don't take the time for the self-care, like you were saying, that's where the anxiety comes, you yes. know? And I've lit, I, I've had anxiety before and I don't know if I've never like been diagnosed with anything, but I've had, I don't know if it's panic attacks or anxiety attacks, mm-hmm. but where the stress is so bad, you know, you can't breathe. Like you're outside, the air is there, but you're, you cannot breathe. Your throat yeah. feels like it's closing up. Your chest is feeling tight. Your heart is racing. Physically, you are having the manifestations of stress, right? Yes which can shorten your lifespan. And so it's really something that's really important to pay attention to. And you have a new workshop or a series of workshops coming up, right? For remedies for depression and anxiety. You want to talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, So this is something that I did uh, with my women's circle. I run our monthly women's circle in Los Angeles. And it's specifically for women of color. And we talked about, it was one of the topics that one of the members brought up, talked about holistic remedies for depression and anxiety. And they were a big hit. So I'm taking these workshops online um, to provide them to a larger audience. I'm hoping to launch them into February, early March. And it'll just be an online workshop with me. People can come in. Um, It'll probably be like video based and we'll talk about the different ways that you can recognize what anxiety and depression look like and then some things that you can do that are holistic in nature to help with them. So we'll talk about food options that can be helpful. We'll talk about vitamin options that can be helpful. And then we'll also talk, um, I'm also a yoga teacher, so we'll talk about some yoga poses and some breath work that you can do that's really easy and simple that people can incorporate into their everyday lives to help with depression and anxiety. 
Nice. And you have a, a stress relief roll on. What's that like? Is that something you can just use at the office when someone's getting on your nerves? Oh, yes. <laughs> you can use it everywhere. So it's, it's really small. It's something you can fit in your purse. Um, and it has essential oils in it and some just natural um, lavender buds in it that you can use. You roll it on whenever you're feeling stressed. It smells amazing. And it has the essential oils and lavender buds that are there to just kind of help you to calm down, help you to relax and help to relieve some of the stress in the body. So it's perfect for any environment. A lot of people buy it and are like, I'm keeping this at my desk at work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we all need it. And I think it's a, a great way to just have additional support with you at all times. Yeah, I, I had, um, there was like a hair oil that I got that was too strong for my scalp it was just mm. making it really dry because it had so much essential oils in it there was eucalyptus and peppermint and it smells mm. so good like honestly it <laughs> smells heavenly and so since it wasn't good for my scalp i would at the office i would spray it in my hands and just smell on it and do like okay. a little five minute i don't know breathing meditation let's say and just smell these oils and just get present with myself and myself yeah. and just it, it kind of separated me from my work from my yeah. day i would close my eyes so it gave my eyeballs a break from the screen you know and it was like my personal me time in yeah. this space and i just i loved it so much it made work so much more fun and manageable just because this I had this little thing that was just mine so I love that idea yeah it's it's amazing what just having something there that you can just smell and breathe in for a couple minutes can do for your day and yeah your yeah awesome and I'll have the links for all of these and the resources on how people can reach you on the show notes just in case you're listening and you want to easy quick link to get to these things. It will be in the show notes. Um, you want to tell people, Katrina, where they can find you online, your website and your social media? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so my organization, Manifesting Me Wellness, uh, you can find us on our website, manifestingmewellness.com. And I'm also on Instagram at manifestingmewellness as well. Awesome. Thanks again for sharing. Um, this has really been helpful. And I hope that you know, people take this and obviously there will be people who are just anti talking to people because yes. of like you said, they, they want to hold everything secretive and keep it in or whatnot. But like I said, these things can manifest itself into disease. So if you're open to speaking in confidence with a therapist to just allow um, your body to heal itself, that's one of the mechanisms. Food allows your body to heal, but also emotional repair will allow your body to heal as well. Absolutely. And so therapy can provide that. So hopefully this was beneficial to you all. Thanks again, Katrina. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. Please be sure to subscribe so you're notified on all our future episodes when they're released.